my feet It's okay if it's hard to believe I have faith that you will do greater things It's my time to go But before I leave Tell the world about me I was dead but now I live I've got to go now for a little while But goodbye is not the end Don't forget the things that I taught you I've conquered death and I hold the keys Where I go you will go to someday But there's much to do here before you leave Go tell the world about me I was dead but now I live I've got to go now for a little while But goodbye is not the end of the journey The end of the road My spirit is with you wherever you go I'll come back again But until then Go tell the world about me I was dead but now I live I've got to go now for a little while But, but goodbye is not the When he sees the giant with the spear, man, I just love to know how he did it. Give me that. <laughs> you know that guy didn't give it up easily. There's a scrap. There's a fight. And listen, if you're going to fight to be pure in your life, you're going to fight to be a forgiver, you're going to fight against <laughs> pornography, you're going to fight against bitterness. see it as this is just the way I am. I've always been this way. I can't do anything about it. You've got to view God as a big God that is at work in your life. So let me talk about there's a couple of things how lion chasers see things differently. When we decide to be lion chasers, we choose to factor in God's omnipotence. 
God's omnipotence means that God is all powerful. Everybody say all powerful. Punctual, you can see it. Two words there. Omni, all potence, power. God is all powerful. So a lion chaser says, whatever God ordained opportunity is in front of me, God's enough for it. God can handle it. Mark Batterson writes this way, our problems seem really big because our God seems really small. A low view of God and a high view of God are the difference between scaredy cats and lion chasers. Scaredy cat says, that's a big, I'm too shy, I'm too slow, I'm not smart enough. And all of that is what? That is a low view, you're focusing on yourself. A lion chaser says, man, God is big enough to handle this. Think about this. To an infinite God, all finites are equal. There is no big or small. If you're infinite, there's no big or small, there's no difficult, there's no possible or impossible. When Jesus walked out of a grave, God said what? All bets are off. I can do whatever I want to do. Astronomers have found that there are some galaxies 12.3 billion Sun, I said, somebody said, that's a long way. Oh, if you got a second grader, I mean, a two-year-old back of the car on that trip, he'd drive you crazy. <laughs> Light travels at 186,000 miles per second. Sun is 93 million miles away from us. That's still a long way, 93 million miles. When we see sunlight, it's been traveling eight minutes. Eight minutes. It's cruising, right? If you see the moon, the reflection of the moon, that's just over a second. Light travels that just over a second. When you see a star or a galaxy through the telescope, whatever you're looking at, when you see that, that light has been traveling for 12.3 billion years. And God's looking at all these existence. That means God is 12.3 billion times bigger. God is 12.3 billion times bigger than we ever dreamed he could be. So the question is never, can I do it? The question is, is this a God-ordained opportunity and do I, everybody say believe. believe. Do I believe, not that God can't, so easy to say God can't. Do I believe God will, everybody say will. Do I believe God will do this through me? You see, the, 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 the challenges, intimidating times in my life, every one of them, I knew God could. The one I was a scaredy cat, I didn't think God would. The ones where I did decide to take, take a step in faith and say, God, please do this for, through me. If you don't, I'm going to look stupid and I'm not going to fail. The ones that I did do that, I, I believe God would. So different, everybody believes God can do everything, but God, will God do it through you in this Situation. It's interesting. Benea is this guy kills a lion in a pit with a snowy day. He kills the guy with his own spear. Do you know who he serves, right? He serves David. You reckon he ever heard the story of David and Goliath? You know he did. You, reckon, you know, David talked about he killed a bear and a lion with, with his bare hands before he ever killed Goliath. You reckon Benea ever heard about that? Sure he did. Sure he did. Yeah, listen, lion chasers, we want to be the kind of people that influence and grow other lion chasers. Amen? 
Oh, it is to be at yourself. You want to grow other lion chasers. Second thing I want you to see, though, when we choose to be lion chasers, we choose to believe God is involved here and now. That's his omnipresence, omni-all-presence. He's present that God is here right now, that God is involved in our life. Do you believe that God is at work in your life? See, sometimes it's easier for me to believe God is at work in your life than it is in my life. Do you believe God is doing something and desiring to do something and wanting to do something even bigger in your life? He's involved in your life. Not that he, you see, if you got the idea that God's up in heaven watching you do the best you can, I, I could be a lion chaser that way. That's the best I can, but I really live. But if I believe that God is involved in my life, that God is, if I'm aware that God is right here working in me, through me, living in me through the power of the Holy Spirit, that's a very different deal, guys. Ephesians 1, 4, and 5, the message translation says this. Long before he laid down earth, earth's foundations, he had us in mind. It settled on us as the focus of his love. To be made whole and holy by his love. Long, long ago, he decided to adopt us into his family through Jesus Christ. Watch this. What pleasure he took in planning this. That's involvement. This morning... We read about Jesus when he came up out, and some of us in Sunday school, when he came up out of the waters of baptism, and God the Father said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. See, when you decide to chase a lion, and you say, God, I can't do this, but I'm trusting you're going to do this, and that is where God says, with this kind of, with a lion chaser, I am well pleased. By the way, it's a good parenting tip you may need to tell your child once in a while, I'm well pleased. I'm proud of you. Third, when we decide to be lion chasers, we choose to believe God knows best. This is called God's omniscience, omni and science. God knows everything. Think about it this way. Think about it this way. In 1997, a team of IBM uh, computer experts developed a program called Deep Blue, and I taught it to, ch to play chess. And Deep Blue was the computer that beat the chess champion of the world at the time, Gary Kasparov. Here's the thing. It's really not fair. Deep Blue can process 200 million chess moves per second. Dude, you just can't compete there. <laughs> right? 200 million chess moves per second. Now, that's Deep Blue. That's the computer. God processes way faster than that. God processes way, 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 way faster. The moves that you can make, the decisions you can make in your life, God can process an infinity, an infinite number of moves that you can make, and he wants you to make the best one. He wants you to make the best one more than you want to make it. It may not turn out financially prosperous. It may not turn out that everybody's going to like you. It may turn out like you thought it would, but it will turn out to your eternal welfare. So let me ask this. Is God bigger than your biggest problem? Is God bigger than your worst failure? Is God bigger than your greatest mistake? Is God able to do immeasurably more than you can ask or think? And so we need to say, okay, Lord, we're going to attempt things that we cannot do on our own, that we believe you've called us to. We're going to attempt to raise up a God-centered family. We're going to attempt to raise up teenagers who are lion chasers. We're going to try to disciple retired people 
who are lion chasers. We're going to try to establish Bible studies and prayer meetings in our workplaces and teach people to be lion chasers. We're going to try to defy normal. We're going to, to, to bring lost people to life in Jesus because of what you've done in our life. We want this church to be a place of emotional and spiritual healing. Lion chasers after people seeing healing. We want to be a, an environment where children feel loved and accepted and valued. We cannot do these things on our own. But let's be lion chasers and go after them. Second thing I want you to see, lion chasers have a different value. They have a different value. They, they see things differently and they value things differently. They value, watch this, God's approval over everything. Well, I know, you know, God probably want me to do this, but I, you know, I just think I'd rather not. I know God probably pleased if I stepped out right there, but I think I'll take a pass on that one. That's not a lion chaser. By the way, when I know, I know God probably wants me to do this, I think I'm going to take a pass. That's called disobedience. We like to say, I'll take a pass. I'll, I'll catch it around next time. But understand, that is disobedience. Now, can you just imagine what people said about the because if you're going to live your life on what other people say and what other people think, and for me, this is one of the number one things people tell me when they say, I wanted to obey God, I wanted to do that, but I'm just afraid what somebody might say about me, I'm afraid what somebody may think about me. That's a huge problem for Christians. What if Benaya had listened to that? Can't you just hear people say about him? That Benaya, you know, went and lost his mind. It was very sharp, was he? <laughs> I always kind of figured he kind of had a screw loose somewhere or another. Oh, Benea, man, his poor mama. <laughs> Bless her heart. Poor mama. He never was all that bright. He's going to go get himself killed. That's what, that's just what he's going to up and get himself killed, man. Now, some of us have heard that. Some of you have heard that. Have they lost their ever-loving mind running off to Ecuador, Honduras, or hey, you trying to tell people about Jesus when they just do that? Don't he know? Don't they know? Don't she know? Those people in jail got to go right back to their same lifestyle and say, yeah, I'm wasting time. Don't she know? Trying to talk to that guy that's on drugs, the guy that's addicted to alcohol. Don't she know? You're wasting your time talking to him. You give your money to the church? Really? You're going to give your money away to the church? That's what you're going to do? I mean, if you're going to do what God calls you to do, go after lion chasing opportunities, they're going to say things like that. You must have lost your mind. I can't believe you would do that. I, that doesn't sound right. That doesn't sound normal. So here's what I want you to do. Here's your weekly growth suggestion this week. Ask God to show you opportunities to prepare for and experience revival. Ask God, what's the lion chasing? What's the lion chasing you can do to get ready for revival? Read chapter 3 this week in a pit with a lion on a snowy day if you have the book. Talk to somebody about what it means to you. That lion chaser's manifesto. Copies of it in the back. You can look up Mark uh, Batterson on YouTube and listen to him read it to you. I would challenge you to do those this week as your weekly growth suggestion. Now listen, it doesn't always work great. I love that Mark Batterson said the first time he tried to plant a church, absolutely failed. Tried to start a business and it went belly up. Led his church to invest a lot of money, what he thought was going to be a $2 million miracle, and it ended up costing them what he said, a pretty penny. I heard Mark Batterson say one time that he was shopping 
and uh, getting some buy on Saturday at the mall, got trying to buy a new suit or new clothes, and he was in the dressing room when his phone went off. And he said, when my phone went off, I knew what it was. Hey, Brother Mark, we're at the church. We're ready to do our wedding. Where are you? Yes, just a few minutes before the wedding's supposed to start, you forgot all about it. In the dressing room at the mall. What do you say? I'm at home praying for y'all. <laughs> I'm so, so sorry. And he said they were very gracious. They forgave him, continued to be members of his church and some of his best supporters for years and years and years. Now, now think about this from Jesus' standpoint. Can you just hear people talk about Jesus? He's going to go get himself killed. His poor mama. She raised him better than that. You would think, the way she raised him, and all the synagogue school he had, you'd think he'd have better sense. He, he said he was God. Who in the world does he think he is? How in the world did he get the idea that he can do all this stuff? How in the world did he ever come up with all of this? But listen to me, guys. When you chase a lion into the grave and walk back out, I'll follow you. Amen? That's who we want to follow. You may look, and I'm talking about being foolish. I'm not talking about doing stupid things. I'm not talking about doing things that are unwise. I read about a guy who got hurt in an automobile accident a couple of years ago, 2017. And they local news. Hey, don't look at the bigger accident. Put, put, put his name on local news. And uh, his girlfriends showed up at the ER. Yeah, that was plural. All 17. See, that's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm not talking about foolish. I'm not talking about silly. I'm not talking about things. I'm talking about God-ordained opportunities that have an opportunity to bring glory to him. Last of all, lion chasers come in different varieties. They come in different varieties. All lion chasers don't look the same. All lion chasing events aren't the same. And they come in different strategies. Now, they're all about having a great commitment, a great commandment, a great commission, right? They're all about loving Jesus, loving people, discipling people, sharing the gospel. But, you know, it's about taking action. Not everybody's action is going to be the same. So here's the thing we want to close with today. Whatever your variety, whatever it looks like to you, are you going to do or move? Hey, what are you talking about? See, a lot of church people move. You know how a, lot, I know how a cow moves? It's time you preach it, people say, hmm, that's good preacher. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's right. You tell the preacher, uh-huh. Mm -hmm. That's good. You got to move. But y'all like to move. I like moving Christians. But that's not doing. That's different than doing. You see, when we hear at Hopewell, they've come in a lot of different varieties. I wonder who the first person was that taught the nursery at Hopewell Baptist Church. Didn't have a nursery the first time it started. Somewhere or another along the way, a nursery was started. And all young single parents said, not all young single, all, all young parents said, Amen. You're glad for the nursery. <laughs> You're very glad for the nursery. I wonder who the first Sunday school teacher was. Who the first person who had a Sunday, never, probably never had Sunday school before. Somebody said, hey, I'd have Sunday school. Chasing the line, right? Preaching's good enough. I, cannot, I don't let that happen. I can just imagine somebody saying, Hey, we're here preaching. Why do we have to have something else? A lion chaser right there. Phyllis Walters, when Uncle Fully asked her, why don't you go to Honduras with me? As far as we know, hardly anybody had ever been on a mission trip from Hopewell Baptist Church before. 
and uh, and Phyllis goes, and then she tells Glenn, you need to go. <laughs> and Glenn's like, I ain't going unless God shows me I'm supposed to go. And so the next trip, everything was set already. And one of the team members got in a wreck and couldn't go and fully calls Glenn and says, I think this is your opportunity. <laughs> and it was, and Glenn went. And then Glenn comes back and told the rest of us, y'all ought to go. <laughs> and it's not that you ought to, but through their witness, many of you heard and said, I think I'll go. Maxine Guest, five feet tall if that much, little short, sweet, godly lady, says, I think God wants me to give my testimony at the jail. And here we are. That was in about 2003, 2004. We're still going to the jail ministry because Miss Maxine chased a lion. We have men who do Bible studies on oil rigs. We have students who do Bible studies at their school. I've watched Hopewell people at ball games, cheer squads, when something happened even before a game, somebody got hurt. I've watched a Hopewell teenager gather their friends up and pray for the people who've gotten hurt. You come from a group of lion chasers. Years and years ago, they had, we had a group here, moms with small children, and um, Roy Wiggins' mama was um, in her late 80s or so, and she was not a mom with small children. Roy was grown. <laughs> she was just about 15 years ago. And she said, I, I don't want to come, and I don't want to, you know, interfere with anything, but I thought I would cook some homegrown vegetables for you ladies. All in on that, right? Lion chaser right there. Jam City. John and Dana McMath started Jam City all those years ago. Julie used to hang out with them, hang out with Dana. And Dana kind of took Julie under her wing, and now Julie's back there providing ministry, providing worship service. The lion chaser back there. A lot of people who come visit here say we love the fact you don't have a worship service for our children back here. Just a couple of weeks ago, Robert Rowland, about a month ago maybe now, Robert Rowland got a call and his brother-in-law was terminally sick with cancer. And the family asked him, said, he's not a Christian, would you come talk to him? And Robert called me, he said, man, I ain't never, I've shared Christ in the jail, but I've never shared Christ with somebody dying before. Can you help me out a little bit? I said, well, yeah, I'll, I'll be glad to, Robert. And so Robert and I met at the Bluebird Coffee Place, and, and uh, we had, some, uh, had, a, had a drink together and talked about it. And I didn't really say a whole lot. So Robert went to talk to his brother-in-law who just had a very short time to live. And he shared Christ with him. Called me up afterwards. He said, well, uh, it didn't go like I wanted it to go. And he said he wanted to think about it. And he said, man, he ain't got long to think. He said, I'm brokenhearted. I, I really wanted him to get saved. And I said, well, you know, Robert, you did everything you could. You can't make somebody get saved, amen? You can't make somebody get saved. And so a few weeks later, Robert decided to, to go back. And he went back and talked with his brother-in-law again. And uh, share Christ with him again. He said, would you like to get saved? And he said, I've been thinking about it, and I really would. I'd like to give my life to Jesus. And so Robert and his brother-in-law, with tears in both of their eyes, uh, pray. And he invites Jesus into the place. And he saved Just a few weeks after that, just a, just a week or so ago, um, Robert went back by to say the family called him and said he just doesn't have long at all, just a day or two. Would you come by and and uh, see him one last time. And so Robert went by, and uh, he was at the point of not recognizing anybody. He hadn't recognized anybody for a while. And Robert went in. Robert grabbed him by his hand and told him, it's Robert, I come by to pray with you. And he recognized Robert. And he opened his eyes. And uh, Robert said, can I pray for you? And Robert prayed for him. 
and he said he had tears. Now, he hadn't recognized anybody in a while. Robert prays for him. Tears coming down his face. And he takes Robert's hand, picks it up, and kisses him. And that ain't ever happened before. <laughs> okay? Kisses Robert's hand. And he dies just a day or so later. And his, one of his last requests was that Robert be That's a line It comes in different varieties, different ways. Will you say, God, I want to sign up to not just be normal, not just be polite, not just be nice. I want to go after your will, after your opportunities with all of my heart, even when they look a little bit scary. Would you stand, please, with heads bowed and eyes closed, no one looking around. With heads bowed and eyes closed, no one looking around. Is it time for you to move from scary cat to